Oh, Andy. Good morning, Linda. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. It's a nice early yeah. morning. This is the earliest I've ever recorded a podcast, that's for sure. It really is. You're about to hear a totally different side of me. Yeah, I wonder... Uh, First of all, I think people might be able to detect it in our voices. You know, your voice changes over the course of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that might be noticeable. And yeah. Then, uh, yeah, you're going to be in a different mind space. It's morning time. Yeah. And... Great. I agree completely. <laughs> I have that morning voice that I think lasts longer and longer the older I get. Until it just becomes your normal voice. Yeah, until I'm... Maybe that's all that it is. Maybe 80-year-old ladies just need to be awake longer in the day, and then their voice resets. Yeah, they got to be awake for like four or five days straight, and then it goes back to normal. Right. Right. Really, you're just so groggy. I drank a little bit last night. Oh. And by a little bit, I actually mean a little bit. Like, I had three drinks over the course of, oh, I don't know, six hours? (laughs) Hold on to your hats, people. So, naturally, I woke up feeling a little, uh, ooh, this morning. Yeah, we're getting old. I had two drinks over the course of four hours. Oh, yeah? And then woke up at one o'clock in the morning and couldn't sleep, so, you know. Wow. I did eventually get back to sleep, but it took a little while. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Hard Uh, being old. It's hard being old. I know. I'm going to send you a picture of this barber shop that I'm sitting in front of, because I feel like it'll really paint the picture for this Atlanta version. Great. I will save it the and then podcast. I will tweet it out when we mention the podcast. Episode, yeah. Which will be, I think, in February at this point. Crazy. Yeah. I'd love to be ahead of our recording schedule. I do too. So what are you doing um, on this fine Atlanta morning? Home for the holidays. <laughs> I'm home for the holidays, baby. Hey. Um, this is one of the first times that I've come home for Christmas or anything. And my niece uh, welcomed me at the airport. She was there waiting in the terminal with a sign that she made. And apparently this is like her favorite thing to do now. Meet because, people at the airport? Yeah, because her daddy is a pilot. So okay, my brother-in-law okay, is a pilot. Things. And um, yeah, I guess in the last year or so, she's started to get a big kick out of actually being there when they get off the airplane because people are so surprised they're expecting that you're just going to maybe be in the carpool lane waiting to pick them up or whatever but yeah she's standing there with her little sign and it's like welcome home auntie linda and my heart just like fell out of my butt <laughs> so in so a good way cute. oh yeah in the best way <laughs> pooped out your heart in the best possible way I haven't smiled that big in a long time. I was like genuinely. That is extremely like, charming. It is very. This is so sweet. Very endearing. Was not expecting that. Yeah. Um, you said it's the first time yeah. it's going for Christmas in a while. No, it's just the first time that that's happened. Oh, that you've been at the airport by a child yeah. <laughs> holding a sign, as if it yeah. were a movie. Uh exactly, exactly. But um, no, I, I usually come home for Christmas and. I feel like it's like a thing that you're constantly tweaking the levers and knobs on a little bit to figure out like the exact perfect way to come home. Cause really I, I don't think there is a perfect way to visit your own family. Uh, you just I mean love, in terms like, of like how long you spend there. Yep. That who you kind stay of stuff. With, those how long questions. You spend, sure. Yep. 
Exactly. Because normally I have my own rental car and I stay, I split my time equally between my friends, Brandon and Jess. Uh, that's who I was staying with last night, his place I'm sitting in front of and the ones who got married in Italy. Um, I split my time between them and my sister and, uh, yeah, I think I tend to get, like, really guilted into spending time with, like, extended family that you only hear from, like, once a year. Mm-hmm. And this year, I was just like, I'm not going to do that. I just, <laughs> I'm going to try my best to, like, conserve my energy and not run all over the place trying to see every single person that I know. Oh, good for and you. it's hard because I feel guilty as hell. I have that built in. Yeah, um, the guilt is real. And, yeah. And this year I'm leaving on Christmas Day. So I'm going to watch the kid open the presents and stuff because that's the best part. That is definitely and then I'm the gonna, best part. Yeah. And then I'm going to leave around the time that everyone's like, okay, let's clean up all this crap. <laughs> <laughs> Love to help. Sorry, but have to go. <laughs> yeah. My sister and her family, they're going to Disney World tomorrow. So they're going to be oh, like my. taking down all the decorations and everything and getting ready to leave. Well, yeah. So do you feel like you, you you nailed it this year in regards to tweaking your time at home? Uh, I did, except I had a crazy thing happen with my rental car where it didn't do work tell. out this time. Well, okay, so I rented through Avis, so I'm looking at you, Avis. Oh, boy, we're putting and, them on blast. <laughs> Giving up and, any um, potential future sponsorships from Avis. We're very bold and brave <laughs> on this show. We're, we'll tell it like it is. Maybe they'll apologize, but I feel like it was a UX problem. So I used their mobile app to rent this car, and then I got an email saying that my six cars that I reserved <laughs> were ready for pickup. Mm. And I was like, what? Mm. And then sure enough, I looked at my credit card statement, and there were six holds for $220. Oh, my. And I was like, yeah. And so I, from the app, I hit the cancel button to try to, like, cancel one of them and it just said like your entire reservation has been canceled and you will not be refunded and i was like what <laughs> so, <laughs> so then i called customer nice job, service Matt. i know and i called customer service and they were like oh don't worry we'll just make sure that you're not charged for any of it and you can try to rebook and then they said that they had rebooked it and that they had one car ready for me and i was good to go and so i was like okay so I go to the airport and uh, see at the Avis counter, they like put your name up on a board and tell you like what spot your car is in so you can skip all the lines and stuff. And so me and my sister went straight to this car and then I got an email when I got into the car saying that uh, that, that reservation had been canceled. And so I was like, am I just like stealing a car right now? Like what is happening? <laughs> and so we get to the front um, like booth thingy to get let out and the woman just like call somebody on her walkie-talkie to come over to the car and she's like ma'am this isn't your car what, what are you doing <laughs> i was like i don't know i'm just i'm just my name is on a board and then there's this thing it was like a key of soul mm-hmm. i'm like i'm not trying to steal a key of soul yeah that's what, they, that's what they would say linda that's exactly what you would say <laughs> if you're stealing it yeah exactly and so this man basically like uh came over and escorted us back and she, I was like, okay, well, can they straighten this out at the counter? And she was like, no, you have to call. Like, we have no power over any of this. She kept saying, we have no power. <laughs> that is such a new, that's like one of the relatively new corporate power moves is that they give the people that are actually working there no ability to resolve a situation whatsoever, which I'm sure exactly. also sucks for those people. 
who are probably like, I could figure this out immediately because I know how this place works and I know we have an extra car or whatever. But uh, right. we've had similar customer service interactions where they're just like, sorry, we have no ability to help you in any way. You have to call this phone number six time zones away and sit on hold right. for 20 minutes and then maybe get your problem resolved. Exactly. So that's exactly what I had to do. I called this number and I was standing in the terminal and um, my sister and I were like laughing hysterically through all of this, by the way. Like we were having a lot of fun because her and I love going through shit like this together. Because we had already like driven to the airport, parked, ridden the air train over to the rental car place. Like she was just like going with me because she was waiting for her husband's flight to land. Mm-hmm. And she like she had nothing better to do. And so uh, anyways, after being on hold forever, she was just like, fuck this. I'm just going to take you to Brandon's and uh, so no, so no car this time. Oh uh, boy, which, you just sold your car. And now you can't get a rental car anymore. It's like I know the world doesn't want you driving. It's a shame, really. Um. But uh, yeah, selling the car felt really good though. I feel I feel free without that thing. Do you feel free without a rental car as well? No, I feel like I'm trapped. <laughs> but it's fine. I I feel okay. Me and Brandon are gonna go and do some holiday shopping today. We were talking about how it doesn't really feel like the holidays until you've gone into a horrible shopping nightmare situation, mm. uh, had as much as you can take, and then failed instantly. So I did that by accident that. last night because I feel like sometimes we live in a bubble where we forget what the rest of the world is doing. You know, like right. sometimes I'll go to the grocery store and be like, oh, I'll get some groceries today. And it turns out it's Super Bowl Sunday, two hours before the game, and I had no idea. And I'm like, oh, right, I live in a bubble where I don't know about things. Uh, yeah. Similarly, last night we were talking and we were like, oh, we'd like to get some photos printed to get people for the holidays. Why don't we just all order some photo prints at Target? You go pick them up. And didn't even occur to us, like, yeah, let's go to the Target in the mall the weekend yeah. before Christmas. That'll be, that'll be normal. So yeah. she was stuck a little bit in uh, that shopping nightmare. Mm. You forget mm. those things. You forget when you no live fun. in a bubble. It's so true. And the rest of the world exists this way. It's so crazy how much of the country lives like this. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I don't know. I you're, think it's just well, you're saying you're for, saying it's so weird that this much of the country lives outside of your bubble. <laughs> like everybody. Basically, yeah. Like I feel like anybody who's listening to this could re- like just use those words and say them themselves, and they'll feel the same way. It like, will be true. The the world, yeah, because the world that we live in is like made to fit in our pocket now. You know, so we all like our social circles. Like you know, we've talked about this kind of thing before. Where like our social circles are getting smaller and smaller, and we're just building our own little echo chambers for ourselves to feel comfortable in. Um, and yeah, I think that that's the same for the ways that we live our lives day to day and like the house that we live in and the, the route that we take to work never changes. And like the minute that you're in somebody else's bubble, you're like, holy shit, <laughs> there's so many of you doing it this way. I never even thought to do it this way. Yeah, it's true. I think it's, it's, it's especially jarring, like from the city to the suburbs thing. And I mean, Atlanta is a city, but it still feels very much like a suburb. I find this is something that comes up often when I'm talking to friends I went to college with and I went to art school. So right away, anybody that goes to art school is a certain type of person, right? Like you, you kind of are already opting out of one big bubble and getting into another small to medium sized bubble. Uh, But oftentimes I'll be at a party or something and people will be talking like, yeah, you know, I mean, 
nobody I know, all of our friends just stayed in the city. No one moved out to the suburbs. I guess the suburbs are going to die. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, just, you just went to art school. You know all the people that didn't go back to the suburbs. Most people still went to the suburbs after they graduated college. That's still happening. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, insert similar conversation re, you know, locally sourced meat, being a vegetarian, uh, you know, not having a car, whatever, right. whatever it is. They're always like, it's just like feels like such so much change is happening because no one I know has a car anymore it's like well yeah but that's because that's just the people you know unfortunately yeah. <laughs> totally I was I follow our new CMO on Instagram and she went back to Indiana and there was a sign at the airport saying like urging people to move back to Indy <laughs> and I love oh, that it's a little it's, desperate it's, yeah, it's a very specific sign to have at an airport. It says, like, move back to Indy. Like, it knows that people are going to be here visiting their families, and all of those people yep. have left with all of their money. And they're like, please bring it back. Was it just pictures <laughs> of houses you could buy for $60,000? Was was that all it was? <laughs> it should have been. It was, like, two happy people, but it should have shown me my my potential equity. I yeah. Been into that. Yeah, show the price of salmon or whatever. <laughs> Oh, the cutest dog just walked by. I want a dog, Andy. Mm, it's good, Linda. I'm not going to lie. It's good to have well, a dog. I know. And everybody that I've visited out here has a doggy. My hosts have a doggy. We went and saw my friend Michelle yesterday, and she has two little doggies. I feel like I reserve the word doggy for little dogs, like little under 10-pound scrappers. I think it can be fun and semi-ironic to call a giant dog a doggy. <laughs> like a wolf yeah. like while it's like destroying its prey oh here comes a doggy <laughs> <laughs> they get the doggy eating the esophagus out of that purse <laughs> like a dark linda so cute the darkness <laughs> yeah the darker the better yeah i mean having a dog is good it's uh like people say it's a lot of responsibility i don't know if we've talked about this before but like i had the revelation when we got a dog that I never really understood what people meant when they said responsibility, right? Like, when I was a kid growing up, I was not allowed to have a dog, partially because my parents couldn't agree on the size of dog to get. My dad insisted that if, if we were to get a dog, it must be big enough to, like, pull his car out of a ditch on the side of the road if necessary. And my yeah. mom didn't want a dog that was bigger than something she could, like, control. Anyway, we could, my family could not agree on the dog variables. We never got a dog when I was growing up. Well, when I was, like, a baby, basically, and then... When that dog moved on, uh, we never got another one. But Aww. um, but I feel like when I was a kid, it was always a sense of like people would say, "Well, if you have, if you get this thing, it's going to be a lot of responsibility." And I'm like, "Yeah, I get it. I'll have to walk it and feed it, and you know, do all the like chores associated with the thing, right? right? That's what responsibility means. You have to do all these chores." And I was like, "I'm fine with that. I'm I'm I can handle chores. That sounds good to me." And then when we got a dog, it became very apparent to me that. The responsibility, at least for me, that was actually meaningful was not any of that stuff, though, of course, that does change the way you live your life. Uh, it was like the emotional responsibility. Like all of a sudden I felt this really like significant weight of like, what if this animal is not happy? What if this animal yeah. hurts somebody else? What if this animal, you know, it gets sick because it ate something? Yeah. Like it's it's the responsibility of like now this like dependent creature's well-being is in your hands. And that does not mean scooping poop and, you know, buying dog food. That means like being a emotional guardian for this thing, which I'm sure is just like 10% of whatever you feel when you have a child. 
But yeah. uh, I don't know. It was very pronounced for me that like, all those years people would talk about responsibility. I was like, yeah, I get it. Scoop the poop. It's going to be no big deal. And right. Then we got a dog exactly. And I was all of a sudden like, oh, no, this is hard emotionally. Oh, I think that that's funny. I've never heard of, or I've never thought about it that way. Because you're right. Like, I think that we got like birds when I was little. And there's like these class pets that you would have in elementary school. Like we had a lizard or like an iguana at one point and like a snake at another point. And I think that those animals, they kind of just feel like science experiments almost. Like they, like you care for them and you tend to them. And just like a a plant or like they're like a step above a plant. Like like a Tamagotchi. You make sure you give the snake (laughs) a cricket every day or whatever. Uh, Yeah. And if you do, it's happy. And otherwise it's sad. Yeah, exactly. You'd be very... Yeah, you'd be upset if something happened to it, but not to the extent that, like, a dog or a cat makes you feel stuff as a kid. And I remember one of the first times I truly felt, like, shame and regret was, uh, I I must have been five or six, and my cat, I remember being in my garage, my cat, like, scratched me or something. Like, I think I accidentally stepped on its tail, and it, like, turned around and, like, like, punched me with its claw. <laughs> punched me with its claw. It was the way cats do, where they're like, Rah. Give you a solid left hook. Yeah, and I, like, lost my mind in anger, and I picked it up and I threw it as hard as I could. Now, mind you, I was, like, five or six at the time, so it basically, like, landed on its feet on the other side of the garage. Punched you and again. It just, yeah, but it just looked at me like, like, I could tell that it was like, what the fuck, lady? And... I felt so bad. Oh, my God. And especially coming from this big Christian family, I felt like I needed to, like, pray to God about it. I felt so terrible. Cat chucking. Yeah, exactly. It felt so awful. And from then, I remember just, like, doing my best to be extra, extra nice and to tell it that I loved it and I cared about it. And, yeah, animals are weird. It's weird that we bring them into our homes. Yeah. I may wake up with this dog right like on my pillow every single morning. So she's she's extremely in our home. Very in our home for sure. Oh yeah. Part of the family. But yeah, look I mean overall it's definitely good to have a dog, I think. That uh the net is far more net positives in my life than costs. Financial or otherwise. So that picture of the car with the forty five on it? Mm Mm-hmm. A guy just got in the car. I really want to ask him what the 45 stands for. Do it. Uh, but he's like backing out now. I think I lost my windows closed. Mm, yeah, sure. Dang it. You can make that excuse for yourself if you want. <laughs> he's pulling into traffic. <laughs> be a bad time. <laughs> Stop everything. Do you so talk weird. much to strangers in public? Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. In Atlanta, I would feel totally comfortable. I think there's this idea that like, Step one, we're all neighbors. So I think that if you already have that mentality with people, like you're much more likely to say like, hey, how you doing to the person who lives next door to you? Hey, why'd you paint your car like that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why'd you do that? What's the 45 stand for? And he was like a young dude too. I was expecting like a, an older granola person to get into that car. But Interesting. Well, now we'll never know. <sighs> now we'll never know. Unless that person is a listener of the Earth to Wind podcast. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. They are. Um, anyways, what are you doing for the times, the Christmas time for the next few days? We Where are, are you right now? You're in your house? 
we're currently in in our home at home, but not for long. We are packing up this morning. Uh, this is this is my break from packing up and cleaning, much to Hillary's chagrin. Uh, uh-huh. And we're heading down to Hillary's family in D.C. for a couple of days. We'll spend Christmas Eve there, and then Christmas Day morning we'll drive up to Pennsylvania. We always do kind of the whole the whole trip because both of our families are within you know two hours, so nice. it's hard to justify not seeing people. I remember talking about it now. My morning yeah. brain is just like waking up. Oh like, no, what? Problem. it's fine. I don't mind repeating. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we're getting packed up, head down, do all those things, jump around. But yeah, I definitely feel the uh, trying to figure out the best way to spend time at home. I had to, I texted my mom earlier this week because she has this habit uh, of every time I'm, I'm going to be home for any amount of time, she buys a whole box of Oreos <laughs> because. She knows I like Oreos, even though I don't want to Ooh. eat the Oreos. I mean, I want to eat the Oreos. Let's be clear. I want right. to eat them. But I also would like to not have eaten the Oreos. So, uh, uh, yeah. But I don't have the self-control to not eat the Oreos. So inevitably what happens is she buys the Oreos. And I'm like, I'm only going to have two or three. And then, you know, 36 hours later, I've eaten a whole box of Oreos. And I feel like utter <laughs> shit. And I'm just so in a terrible mood for it. because I'm like basically in a diabetic coma from eating all these stupid Oreos. <laughs> so I text her and was like, this is my formal request not to buy Oreos. <laughs> Please. That's amazing. Do not do this thing. Because I, I mean, all the, like, every time she would do it, I'd be like, why'd you do this? She'd be like, because you love them. And I'd be like, no, never do this again. And then I eat them all. And she's like, well, he said don't do it. But then he ate them all. So clearly he loves them. Yeah. I will continue to do this thing. <laughs> so trying to strike uh, that balance. Does she feel, yeah, exactly. She feels like, and she's like, okay, Andy, I hear you. <laughs> exactly. Wink, wink. She's like, wink, and wink. And then two packs of Oreos. <laughs> Got it. You hate the Oreos. Totally understand. So. Yeah. So, yeah. I had so much sugar yesterday. I, like, just put so much sugar in everything when I'm out here. It's yeah. crazy. I ate a lot of home like, sugar, too. Yeah, hot chocolate. Why not? Coffee with whipped cream on it? Why not? Oh, whipped like, cream's fine. Whipped cream doesn't necessarily have to have sugar in it. It doesn't necessarily, but this ready whip in a can definitely <laughs> But this one did. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I felt a little like, it was maybe more of a sugar hangover than anything that I had. And then, uh, yeah, my friend's mom makes these Christmas cookies every year. You know, like the little butter cookies that are just shaped like Christmas things and yeah. coated in sprinkles and stuff. Yeah, you're describing Christmas a- cookies. Christmas cookies. I've heard of those. Oh, okay. Interesting. My mom always made Christmas cookies that were so weird, and she'd put, like, food coloring in them, so they'd be red and green and stuff. And um, she would also flavor them with, like, artificial mint flavor. And I don't know. Oh, my. I guess. Artificial mint or just actual, like, mint oil? No, like, whatever the most artificial (laughs) flavoring that you can find, uh, which maybe is like mint oil. Air fresheners, yeah, like Lysol, um, and but she would shape them like candy canes, and then so that's why the mint flavoring goes in those because you're like, oh, it's like a peppermint cookie, but I don't know, I feel like peppermint and butter don't necessarily go together that well. <laughs> I, I think I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I could see that being the case. Yeah, we used to have a tradition of uh, every year. In January, after the holidays, my mom would buy a bunch of gingerbread house-making kits at, like, mm-hmm. Marshall's or whatever when they were on sale because nobody wanted to build a gingerbread house in January. And then she would save them for 11 and three-quarter months. And then Christmas, we would make the gingerbread houses 
out of these like old stale gingerbread oh, house God. kits, uh, oh, God. which was always a fun a fun thing to do. We haven't done it in a couple That's years. That's good because though. it's probably uh, really stable building material. Oh, I mean, at that I end point. up still eating it, and yeah, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not good, <laughs> but it's not bad. No, I mean like sturdy, like to build a house, not like stabilized. Like, right, of course you would mean that. It makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's also that. Yeah. Do you have any other oh, fun traditions you do boy. on the holidays? No, like zero. No traditions. Uh, <laughs> no, See, I don't you're know. You're a woman of novelty. It's always an adventure with you. It really Never is. Never the same thing. Maybe this is why. I feel like maybe I'm, I'm learning so much about myself through this podcast. Um, oh, there's a good boy. Hey, buddy. Oh, man. A big wolfy doggy with, but with like piercing blue eyes. Oh. Is like it white. Soul? Yeah. It's like white. It looks like it belongs out in the, in the snow. But yeah, so my, I don't know, my family, we had some sort of traditions, but they are not normal. Like my, when my grandmother was still alive, we would take her for Chinese food every Christmas day. Mm. Um, cause my mom really hates cooking. And so. We would do that. Um, but no, like Christmas changed every year. It was always like dependent on what was going on with the church. Like the church schedule came first and then we would just kind right. of do Christmas around that. And then, yeah, there's really no like foods that are cooked every year. There's no, I don't know. There, there's no like decorations that are out. Like my family's, my, my parents' house isn't decorated or anything like that. My sister, um, her family, they, they go and get a big tree every year. and um, So I guess that's becoming more of my tradition. But, yeah. I don't know. Is that sad? I don't know. Are, are you wanting <laughs> of traditions? Do you feel like you're missing out on something for not having a tradition? Or do you just kind of not care? I, I want it, yes. I think that every year I'm like, oh, is this the year where <laughs> I start my own traditions? And I'm like, maybe. And then I realize I'm traveling so much before the holidays that it doesn't even make sense to get a Christmas tree. Because I would enjoy it for like eight days total. Uh, and then I don't do anything myself. I don't know. I think I'll have to be in one of those um, stable relationships for a while before I can have anything like that. And I think once I do, I'm really looking forward to it. Like I want to have a family and I want to like be like, no, it's fucking Christmas Eve, so that means that we do X, Y, and Z. It means we eat hot dogs under the mistletoe with our three dogs that we have. Perfect new tradition. But eating the hot dogs <laughs> in front of the dogs is a little it's a little. Oh, they have their own hot dogs. Oh, great. No, Good for that. they have their own. Yeah. Sicko. Dogs eating dogs. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, don't think like, you I, need, like I don't think you need a relationship in order to have a tradition. You can have your own traditions. Yeah, but then it's just you're, you're sad. permitted to have this. It's not, necess- <laughs> it's not necessarily sad. You're allowed. You're allowed to have know. your own things you do for yourself. You, you watch the you're movie right. every year in different contexts and different times and That's places. That's true. If you watch, you've got mail. Yeah. You get to define the edges of your traditions. They don't have to be the same as everyone else's. Yeah. So my tradition is that every year I come to Atlanta and I drive around and see the people I want to see. There you go. <laughs> that counts. And that's pretty much it. It's great. I will admit that uh, one of the biggest appeals to me of potentially having kids, you know, outside of all the big normal ones, is uh, 
I feel like when you have kids, I mean, obviously you can always make up a tradition, right? You could just invent something and be like, we do this now. This is our new thing. It's Taco right. Tuesdays or it's hot dogs under the mistletoe Christmas Eve or whatever you want to <laughs> invent. You can just do it and give it a name and then that's your tradition. But I feel like kids are this opportunity to like really invent a new tradition for a person who like doesn't doesn't know it's not normal, <laughs> right? Right. Like it's this opportunity to like create something where like I'm sure you and I have memories of being a kid where this is the thing you always did and it just felt like that's what the world was, right? That's what Christmas was. That's what Tuesdays were. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, in this like weird, I, which I recognize it's like kind of a weird power trip thing, but it's like very interesting to me to have that like blank canvas of you get to decide what it means, what, what Tuesdays mean to this person or what Christmas Eve means to this right. person or whatever and like yeah. make up your own stuff. And then like, at least in my family, like, traditions are important to my family. And so, like, my, my grandmother died a couple years ago. And still, like, every, every tradition that she ever, you know, invented or mentioned, you know, mentioned in a side conversation or accidentally did two years in a row and became a tradition. Like, all those things are still being carried on because my family's like, that's what we do. We do it. And so, who knows right. how many generations, you know, that will be the thing that my family does just because, you know, my grandmother and grandfather did it on a whim or whatever. That's yeah. a very, it's a very uh, appealing idea to me that you get to just make something up and it becomes reality for somebody. That is very strange that we do that to people. <laughs> I mean, the truth is that's what being a parent is, period. Like, right. every day you make stuff up that becomes reality for your, for your children. But uh, it's like the intention of doing that around specific moments or times of yeah. the year or whatever that just... I, don't, I feel like the, like, weird traditions are an excuse to, like, make something goofy and fun part of someone's reality as opposed to... Oh, totally. As opposed to the, the, the sort of given, which is passing on your worldview and your biases and your paranoias and, like, all the things you can't <laughs> help but make part of this person's reality. Uh, right. You get to also say, you know what? We eat hot dogs under the mistletoe. That's what mistletoe means. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So and take that, that to college. The their well, yeah. <laughs> Carry on this stupid tradition. I can't wait to do that. I'm really going to fuck some kid's head up. Uh, <laughs> I, I love Get in there. Mess around. Switch some dendrites up. You know, grab some little brain cells. Attach them together with electrical signals. <laughs> great. I just last night, I was remembering how my ex-husband used to tell kids who wouldn't eat their vegetables. Like, his way of doing it was that he convinced them that if they were vegetables like broccoli or baby corn, like like foods that uh, look like they could be giant things, but right. that are very tiny, he'd be like, no, when you look at those and you put them in your hand, you're actually becoming a giant in that moment. Like So that's an actual tree that you're holding. Mm-hmm. And you've just, it's given you the power to become a giant. And now you get to eat a whole tree. <laughs> What a gift. <laughs> what a privilege. And those kids, to watch like a kid of a certain age, like their eyes get super wide and they're just like, what? I want to eat like a giant. And um, uh, they're so easy to to mush around like that. And my niece, uh, last week we went to get our nails done. and Or a few days ago we went to get our nails done. And my sister has a rule that the only time that she gets to watch videos on her iPad is when they go to the nail salon. And it's because like, basically it shuts the kid up and it, she doesn't bother anyone. And Therefore she, she would there. like to go to the nail salon <laughs> every day for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's this thing that she, uh, when we said we were going to go to the nail salon, she was like, she just goes, Lana, Lana, 
Llama Llamas. And apparently, like, Llama Llamas is one of her favorite little kids' shows. And that's, like, that's the thing that she watches on her iPad when we're getting our nails done. Boom. Tradition. Tradition made. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so then I was realizing, like, oh, you can just make this up. And, like, of course, she's asked for Llama Llamas since then when they're not in the context of nail salon. But Laura's like, no, you, that's only for the nail salon. And so this kid is just like, well, yeah, you're right. You're right, Mom. I'm sorry. I've had this anecdote bouncing around my head for the better part of, you know, my adult life. And I cannot remember from whence it come. It might be like a stand-up comedian bit. It might have been a thing in a TV show. It might have been something I totally made up. It could have been a story some friend mm-hmm. told me at some point. I don't know where it came from. I'm sorry I cannot source this correctly. But oh, <laughs> there's this anecdote in my head of some dad being like, well, I decided I wanted to introduce some magic into my kids' lives when they were growing up and, you know, give them a sense of wonder. And so I picked one thing to just, like, lie about and commit to. And the one lie I picked is that I told them that I made every bird's nest they ever saw. (laughs) Anytime you saw a bird's nest in the world, daddy made it and put it in that tree. And he was like, it's the perfect perfect lie because you never see that many bird's nests. You know, you you see, like, what, a couple a month maybe? I guess it depends on where you live. But uh, yeah. you don't see so many that it's completely implausible. It's not like you're <laughs> going to see 100,000 birds nests in your life and know that no human uh, could ever have done that. And uh, Finding that out is going to be worse than finding out that Santa's not real. I feel like there's something so awesome about that. <laughs> well, spoilers for Santa, apparently. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry to Santa's all of our real. child listeners and children Santa's, and heart listeners. Santa's real AF, kids. Don't. Don't listen to me. I don't know anything. When did you find out the truth, Linda? <laughs> yeah, so since my brother-in-law is a pilot, uh, there was a time where every single airplane in the sky was daddy. Right. And everyone just went along with that. Like, yes, that is daddy. Of course. It happens. Yeah. Do you have to get back to your adventures? I don't want to take you for too long. Yeah, I think I'm going to go... Um, I think we're going to go straight to Walmart. Um, mm, the belly of the beast. Yeah. So, so when I went you to you were Yo, literally going to go to Walmart the day before Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I feel like okay. that'll give us our the dose we're looking for. You're going to get it. You're going to get some of that madness. <laughs> yeah, a very cute girl just walked into this coffee shop, and I was looking at her a little too long. Um, <laughs> she had little overalls on and like pigtails. I was like, oh. Okay, I didn't um, know if you meant a child <laughs> or like an attractive oh, woman. No, no, I no. could not tell. An attractive, what you an were attra- talking about. Well, you still have no idea. It was an attractive woman. <laughs> well, you said you had little overalls on, so I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah. And... <laughs> oh, oh God. Boy. Anyways. Well, don't yeah, be a creep, you... Linda. You're old now. It's creepy if you're creepy. Well, she looked like she was like my age, so. It's oh, fun. it actually was an older woman. But it actually was a woman. Oh like... God damn it! But she was in, like, cute little overalls and pigtails, so I was like, oh. Well, you should go tell her. You should go tell her you were admiring her. You were admiring. Hi, you're cute. Yeah, um, yeah I got to go find some bear slippers for the for the child because uh, I bought her a bear hat in Yosemite and little bear paws, and I just didn't even think about feet because they got didn't it. sell them Complete there. And the first the thing she does, I know, the first thing she says when she puts it on is, where's the feet? And yeah. I'm like, where are my bear shoes? The, ungrateful bitch. The obvious <laughs> extension of this system. Where are my bear shoes at? Yeah, but then she did fall asleep in the bear hat. It was very adorable. And now I got to go complete the package and go to Walmart and find some bear feet for a four-year-old. <laughs> Good luck on your journey. Thank you. Linda, so Merry Christmas. To you. Merry Christmas. 
and a happy yeah. new I'll talk to you before the new year. So, you know. Yeah, we'll talk before then. Not gonna say that. All right. Save it. Oh save, save it. it. All right. Week. Have a Bye, good time, Andy. Linda. Bye.